Welcome to the 43rd episode of the 4th and 24 podcast with Patrick Winograd. I'm your host, Randy Winograd, and thank you for filling in for me last podcast, Patrick. In this edition, our topics are a recap of Patrick's weekend predictions, a deep dive into the NBA, which we'll start with predictions for the NBA play-in bracket, and then we'll take a look at the rest of the playoff bracket. Let's jump right in with a look back at Patrick's weekend predictions, which are posted every Thursday on our website, 4thand24.com, and we will start in the NBA, where the Bucks beat the Heat 122-108. to Patrick incorrectly picked the Heat. The Knicks beat the Celtics 96-92. Patrick correctly picked the Knicks. The Warriors beat the Grizzlies 113-101, with Patrick correctly picking the Wizards. And the Trailblazers Warriors. beat the Nuggets... The Warriors, sorry. The Trailblazers beat the Nuggets 132-116 with Patrick incorrectly picking the Nuggets, meaning Patrick went 2-2 in his NBA predictions. Turning now to Patrick's Major League Baseball weekend series predictions. Uh, you can skip this. Yeah? You can skip this one. Well, I'm... I'm we'll, we'll say it. 0-4. 0-4, right. Well, since... Uh, <laughs> you, you, I'm I'm the host, but uh, you're the boss. So uh, Patrick went 0-4. We'll talk about any excuses you might have. Uh, That means you went 2-6 overall in your weekend predictions. Brings your record to 118-86 overall. Still a great 578 winning percentage this season. Patrick, your thoughts? So I'm going to go to the NBA first for very obvious reasons. Uh, Most of these games were picked on storylines, just things I thought would be interesting. Um, so I wanted to see the Heat beat the Bucks before they played them in a playoff series to swing the momentum in their favor because I thought that'd be kind of funny and kind of ironic if that happened because, uh, you know, the Heat knocked them out of the playoffs last year when the Bucks had very high expectations. So for them to do it this year, it would be pretty funny. Um, but they do, they will end up facing each other. We'll talk about that series later. Uh, but in this matchup, the Bucks still dominate them or still played well against them in the regular season. Uh... The Knicks played the bench warmers from the Celtics and had, an, I think, a 15-point lead before the fourth quarter and almost still lost it because of Tremont Waters and Jabari Parker, of course. The Celtics' two best players, obviously. Um, and then the Warriors, you know, the Warriors, it just seems like the Grizzlies, that's the one team that the Grizzlies can't end up playing because they have a strength and their strength is John Morant but the warriors have a strength too and his name is Steph Curry and he plays the same position as Jaw and look Steph Steph just outmatches Jaw in all res- respects i mean there's nothing wrong with Jaw he's a great player but they would much rather match up with a team who has trouble guarding point guards doesn't have a great point guard of their own but the warriors are not necessarily the ideal matchup for them uh, so i will pick the warriors against them 9 times out of 10 uh, and then in the Trailblazers and Nuggets, I honestly just wanted to see the Lakers get the sixth seed and not be in the play-in so that them, so that LeBron's comment about somebody being fired over the play-in games would end up being pretty ironic in, in retrospect, but didn't end up happening. The Nuggets, I gotta say, I watched the beginning of that game, and it looked like they had just kind of mailed it in preemptively, which I don't really blame them for, especially after losing Jamal Murray, uh, getting injured to the Warriors, I think probably four or five weeks now at this point. Uh, when you see that happen and it's the last game of the season and you're only fighting for seeding, uh, and if you ask the Clippers, you actually don't want that seeding, um, you don't want to risk any injuries. You got the MVP on the floor. You don't want to do that. So I get it that they weren't playing as hard. I thought they might, uh, but they didn't, and that's the way it is. So overall, went 2-2. Two and two. I'm fine with that. I was kind of picking off storylines again. Now, in the MLB, we're not even going to talk about what I picked. Um, let's just say two of the teams got swept. Uh, both of them were on were on 
streaks where they had won at least eight of ten, if not six game win streaks. Uh, and then both of them just completely laid goose eggs multiple times this weekend and just failed to score and failed to hold down pitching well. Uh, the only series worth talking about was the Blue Jays and Phillies, was the only pretty much the only close one. Uh, the Braves destroyed the Brewers in two of the three games, and then the Brewers destroyed them in the other one. Uh, and then the Blue Jays and Phillies had a close 10-8 game to close out the series. But the reason why I picked the Phillies is because I said they would find a way to win one of the other starts that Aaron Nola wasn't starting in, and they did that. However, they lost the Aaron Nola start, which is something they very rarely do. Uh, that's why they lost that series. Overall, the Blue Jays are looking pretty great, finally having their full roster back together. Uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll do better in the MLB next weekend, I think. I, I think I can pull it together. Uh, well, that's a bold just, prediction. You can't do any worse. Just have to just have to get uh, get a little bit more... Get a little bit back to normal and no more uh, pitching rotation matchups. Just looking at lineups. I think I've done that with the Padres twice now, and it it, it doesn't work. Don't pick against Padres. Anybody out there? Yeah, well, that also might be picking with your heart a little bit. So, yeah, maybe. all right. Well, Patrick mentioned next weekend. Maybe he'll do a little bit different picking methodology. Uh, his predictions for next weekend will be posted on our website, fourthand24.com, as always next Thursday. So, with that, let's take a look at the NBA, starting with the play-in bracket. And we will start in the East and then move to the West. In the East, the play-in bracket action kicks off on Tuesday with the Pacers against the Hornets in the 9-10 matchup. And then that's followed up by the Celtics against the Wizards in the 7-8 matchup. Celtics the 7 seed, the Wizards the 8 seed, Pacers the 9 seed, and the Hornets the 10 seed. Patrick, your thoughts on the East play-in bracket and a little edification, please, on how this works. Yes, so uh, if anybody was watching NBA on TNT a few weeks ago, there was a little segment with uh, Chuck Explains, and I'll just say he did uh, he did a job of it. I, don't, I would not say a good job of explaining the bracket, but he got the ideas out there. But I'm here to clarify. Uh, basically, the way this works, it's simple. It works at, well, it's not very simple, but it's very convoluted and weird. But it works the same in both conferences. The winner of the 7-8 game gets the 7 seed in the playoffs in that conference. Simple as that. The loser plays the winner of the 9-10 game, uh, and that is for the 8 seed. The loser of that 9-10 game is out of the playoffs entirely with no other chances. So basically, it's a double elimination bracket for the 7-8 seeds and a single elimination bracket for the 9-10 seeds. Uh, if you get in, so if you are Boston or Washington, the winner of that game will play the Brooklyn Nets and the winner of the loser of the 7-8 game and the winner of the 9-10 game will play the 76ers in the Eastern Conference. So let me see if I get this straight because I think your explanation is pretty simple. The 7-8 game is a single elimination tournament for the right to be the seven seed and the loser of that game goes to the 9-10 bracket, which you said is double elimination and the no, 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 other way around. The 7-8 game is... The 7-8 seeds have double elimination. Oh, right, because the they 9-10 have single elimination. Right. 9-10 can't lose. They have to go 2-0. 7-8 can lose once and then play and then beat the winner and go in. That's right. So the, so the, that's right. Double elimination if you're a 7 or 8 seed. You get yes. two chances to win a game. If you win if you win the first game, you're the 7 seed. If you win the if second you, game, you're the 8 seed. If you yeah. win the second game, you are the 8 Which seed. Which arguably might be better in the East, but that's a different story. <laughs> okay, well, so now now that you, you accurately and clearly explained how it worked and I botched it, but now I get it, um, wh- what, are your, what are your predictions for, these, for this play-in bracket in the East? A lot of people have 
the number seven seed Celtics actually losing out of this bracket entirely. Um, I don't entirely disagree with that. I definitely think the Celtics are not, not necessarily not deserving, but the way that their season ended, you got, uh, you got Jalen Brown injured at the end. This team is not good enough to be, I wouldn't even say seven seed. This is like a fighting for the eight seed team. Uh, and really when you look at the end of the year, and you look at Russell Westbrook averaging 22, 16, and 13, that's a team that's playing a lot better, the Washington Wizards, than the Celtics. I think that matchup is very, very simple. I think the whole basketball world is predicting Washington to win, and I'm going to have to go with them on this one. I think Washington wins. I think they go to the seventh seed, and I think we get Russell Westbrook against Kevin Durant in a playoff series, which would be very, very And James cool. Harden. <laughs> right? Wow. Yeah, his former teammates, all of them. Um, although... Not going to lie, if you had Boston there too, you'd also have Kyrie against his former teammates. But So there's a lot of revenge coming no matter what happens uh, in that 2-7 seed matchup. Uh, in terms of the 9-10 between Indiana and Charlotte, this is a really tough game to pick. Um, Charlotte had their ups and their downs this season. They were at the 4 seed at some point this season. Lamella Ball got injured. It went downhill after that. They played fine during some stretches of that, but then when you look at the end of it, they came out with a really bad record. Fell six slots, obviously, all the way down to the 10th seed. Uh, but then Indiana's had their share of injury issues. Then they traded for they traded Victor Oladipo away, got Karis Verde, didn't play for a while. These two teams are very hard to get a read on. But I'm going to go ahead and say that Charlotte can reclaim its form, and I think that LaMelo Ball in a one-game series is just talented enough to wheel this team over, and I think they just have enough talent between Rogier and Hayward and, uh, and and LaMelo that in a one-game series, I can see this team putting it all together all at once to beat a team like Indiana. I don't think they could beat the other two teams, but I do think they have just enough to squeak by Indiana. And then you would have, as the playoff bracket works, you would have Indiana being out entirely, and then Boston would play Charlotte, the winner of the 9-10 game, to, for the right to face Philly. Um, this one is another really hard one. I think Boston and Charlotte, I, I think there's a clear, it seems almost weird because the Wizards are 34 and 38 on the season, but I think there's a clear drop-off from the Wizards to the rest of them. None of these teams are very quality. None of these teams are going to beat the team that they play in the next round. But I'm going to go ahead and say I think Boston is still good enough to beat Charlotte. Just, just good enough. Not much of a degree of separation there. And it could come down to a few last possessions, but I'm going to be honest, I, I trust Jason Tatum more than I trust LaMelo Ball, for sure. He is a clutch performer. Uh, if anybody remembers, they were down, I think, 31 to the Spurs, and he scored 60 points and won a game in overtime. The man performs in clutch time. I'm going to trust Jason Tatum when the, when the game is on the line, when the season's on the line. So your, your prediction is that the number 8 seed, Washington, becomes the number 7 seed to play Brooklyn, and the yep. number 7 seed, Celtics, become the number 8 seed to play Philadelphia. Yes. I, you might not know the answer to this question. Sorry for you surprise, for surprising you with it, but Washington and Indiana finished with identical 34 and 38 records, um, and Washington may have caught a little bit of a break playing a depleted uh, Boston team and actually getting to that winner's or just simply by getting into that so-called double elimination bracket. Do you know, was it a head-to-head -head game? Was it a close game? Was it the conference title? Or So it was a head-to-head -head game, actually, and Washington took the series uh, the day that Russell Westbrook tied Oscar Robertson at 181 triple-doubles. Not the day that he broke it, but the day that he tied it. And he also had a game-winning block in overtime. I believe the score was 135 to 134. 
Uh, the Wizards actually beat the Pacers twice in the span of a week uh, in the month of May, I think. I think early May and maybe maybe partially into late April a little bit back. But yeah, they beat them. I think they scored 150 against them and beat them at the at the beginning of a week. And then they beat them later in the week in that overtime game that I was just talking about where Karis LeVert lined up to shoot the game-winning three with one second left. And Russell Westbrook blocked it after tying the triple-double record, which is a pretty iconic game. But yes, they took two of those games in the head-to-head, and this season you're only playing three games against the teams in your conference, so that gave them the head-to-head. I don't know what happened in the first matchup. They might have swept them, but... Turned out to be pretty pretty significant, that tiebreaker. Yes, it definitely did. And I mean, also, it was significant because it could have stopped Washington's momentum, and they might have even been the 10th seed, and you know the 9th seed and 7th seed are hosting these games too, which is still pretty important. So it could have affected them a lot, but yes, it was very, very important that they got that win. And then the other thing that's important here is... um, these games are on Tuesday. The, the winner gets to rest, get as much rest as their next round opponent. Whereas if you're in that loser's bracket, you you play that game on Thursday. Yeah. All right, well, let's move over to the West where the action in the playoff bracket starts on Wednesday. Uh, it starts in the 9-10 game with the Grizzlies against the Spurs. The Grizzlies being the 9 seed, the Spurs being the 10 seed. And then in a crazy play-in matchup, two brand-name franchises in the 7-8 game, it's the seven-seeded Lakers against the eight-seeded Golden State Warriors. I will start with the intriguing matchup that the NBA is uh, very, very happy they got in a play-in game, although they probably wanted it in the series, to be quite honest. But, uh, look, you have the last, I think, five five or six championships, I believe, if you exclude Toronto's championship, uh, somewhere with the leaders of both of these teams, obviously LeBron and Steph. You have the Lakers, who won last year. You have the Warriors who won three out of four before Toronto beat them. And the only team to beat them was the LeBron James-led Cavaliers. So there's a lot of title pedigree in this matchup. And it'll be a really, really interesting one. But the Lakers beat them by 25 without Anthony Davis twice. I think that's enough on paper for me to say that the Lakers will take this matchup. I also really liked what I saw out of LeBron and Anthony Davis Uh, against the Pelicans, although obviously a lot easier competition, but they needed to get into a rhythm, and I liked what I saw from them. Uh, I I watched that game to see how they were doing, and it seemed like uh, Andre Drummond was pretty much integrated pretty well. There were no no, uh, glaring synergy issues, at least it seemed to me. So I'm going to go ahead and pick the Lakers to go there and play Phoenix in that 2-7 matchup. And in the Memphis versus the Spurs matchup, look, I don't think the Spurs have the firepower to compete with anybody in the Western Conference playoffs. However, they do have the best coach possibly of all time, at least in my opinion. Uh, They will keep this game close because Greg Popovich will inspire confidence in them. He will get them to play good defense. He will manage the game very, very well. But I don't think close will be enough. And I just don't... I, I, I like DeMar DeRozan, but I just don't think... That when it comes to the end of the game, the Spurs have enough pieces. I think Memphis will be able to lock down on, on DeMar and pretty much let everybody else shoot. And nobody else is going to be able to make the shots. I think the Grizzlies have enough firepower to go through the Spurs. So then you're predicting Golden State playing Memphis for Which the right to play Utah. Happened. <laughs> just happened in Golden State. wasn't It was the game in Golden State? Yes. And yesterday? this would be the same exact matchup again. Uh, look, if the Warriors beat them once with pretty much... I would say a pretty important seed line uh, on the line. I would, I'm would. i going to say they're going to beat them again. 
Uh, I said it earlier, I don't like the matchup between Ja and Steph. I think the Grizzlies, where they start beating you, is when they're playing a team that doesn't, that isn't very good with point guards. Maybe you could even say they could even give Denver some trouble if they were a 1-8 matchup, if that existed in a perfect world, because Denver doesn't have Jamal Murray right now, but that's not a thing. And look, I just think Steph is too good, and I think, especially in a one-game series... I think he took career highs in shots and three-pointers against Memphis uh, when they played. I think I believe he took 40 shots or something like that, and 22 threes, I think, was the number. So he's not afraid, if they need it, to just be the only one shooting, and I don't think Memphis knows how to stop that. Well, the Grizzlies, thank goodness that the West is played on Wednesday because the Grizzlies were in Golden State last late on Sunday night, uh, Memphis time, and then you follow that up. Uh, with a trip back home for the game, and then if they win, then they got to get on a plane and fly back to the West Coast. So uh, if Memphis, the only way Memphis can make it here is is if they make it out of here, they're going to play Utah. Uh, Utah, if Memphis makes it through, is going to be playing a very very tired team with been on a lot of airplanes back and forth uh, traveling across the country. All right, well that wraps up the look at the play-in bracket. Uh, obviously, we've had Patrick's predictions uh, for what's going to happen there in the West and in the East. Uh, let's take a look then at the rest of the playoff bracket, assuming Patrick's predictions are correct. Again, we will start in the East. Uh, Patrick, you want to run down the playoff bracket? So according to my predictions, we will have the number one seeded Philadelphia 76ers against the number eight seeded Boston Celtics. Philadelphia coming in with a 49-23 and 23 record versus Boston's even Steven 36 and 36 and assuming what happens what I think happens they'd also be 37 and 37 if you include the postseason uh, then you'd have number two Brooklyn uh, at 48 and 24 versus the winner of the Boston Washington game which I think will be Washington who is 34 and 38 a big record differential there but uh, that's well, if that happens what happens f- in the east a lot actually they'd be 35 and 38 if you're right yeah and that happens in the east a lot so I'm not very surprised about that. Then you have what I think is the most intriguing series. Uh, number three, Milwaukee at 46 and 26 versus number six, Miami at 40 and 32. And finally, the number four seeded New York Knicks. Of course, everybody had that preseason uh, at 41 and 31 versus the number five Hawks at 41 and 31. Interesting to note about that one. Although regular season series don't necessarily uh, indicate what's going to happen in the postseason. The Knicks actually did sweep the Hawks in the regular season, although both teams were actually not very healthy in either of those games. So not very fair to judge it off of that. All right, and I know we're not going to make predictions because, uh, A, we need to see actually who's in the bracket. and that's make predictions well, that's for you, that, that's for, that's for next That's for next weekend and for, for Thursday, right? We, we'll talk about some games, maybe some serious predictions next week yes. on the next podcast. So even though we're not going to be making predictions right now, Let's talk a little bit about these matchups. You mentioned a little bit the history between uh, Milwaukee and Miami. What what do you think about some of these and and the Knicks Hawks uh, regular season record? Uh, which 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 are you most excited to see? I think definitely I'm looking at Milwaukee and Miami. Not just I think I really think that series is more intriguing just because of the star power in it. It it could end up that the Knicks Hawks series is closer. Um, I think they'll definitely. If one is close, I'd say the other one's probably close, too. Um, and if they're both not close, I wouldn't be too surprised. But maybe, I, I mean, I, I feel like this Milwaukee-Miami series could literally be a sweep either way or be the most thrilling seven-game first-round matchup of all time between a three and a six seed. 
Uh, it really could go either way. Uh, but in terms of those series, uh, again, I really like Milwaukee against Miami. I like Jimmy Butler, the Heat culture against Milwaukee and what they've done. They've revamped their roster. This is not the same roster that the Heat easily discarded in, I think, five or six games last year in the bubble. This is a different remade roster. I would say this roster is playing better than they were uh, down the stretch last season, although that's kind of ironic considering that, that <laughs> Milwaukee was the number one seed and swept their first-round matchup. I still think that they're playing a lot better this year. I think that just the overall uh, strength of the East has stepped up, obviously with Brooklyn getting their stars back and Philadelphia playing better than they ever have. Uh, so overall, I think, well, I'm not going to make a prediction I don't know who I'm going with in that series. I, I, I thank you for excusing me for making a prediction tonight because I think I need until Friday to sleep on this one. Uh, this one's way too close to call. But really, I honestly, as I said, I could see this series being a Milwaukee 4-0 sweep. I could see it being a Miami 4-0 sweep. I could see it being seven games. I could see it being six games. This series can go in any different direction. Uh, a thing that people forget also is that Giannis injured himself in, the, in Game 5 against Miami. So he wasn't exactly at full, at 100% for the rest of that game, which they ended up losing, or the game that they got ultimately bounced out of the playoffs on, and I don't even think he played in that game. So it's not entirely fair to judge them off of last year's playoff series. It's also not fair to judge them by a 14-point win in the regular season that happened uh, yesterday, I believe. So overall, this is a very intriguing series. I like what the East has to offer. These are actually more interesting than what I would expect expected. Um, going into the year, and I think the reason why is that Miami got knocked down to the sixth seed, so now you have a 3-6 interesting matchup, and the 4-5, the teams, even if they're bad, they're still close enough that it's going to be fun. I really want to see who advances out of New York and Atlanta, because you have two teams in pretty big markets that, no matter what, have had some struggling, some tough years recently, and finally they've put together some draft picks, they've made some smart trades and acquisitions, uh, Clint Capella led the league in rebounding this year. Julius Randle has somehow blossomed into an MVP candidate. So you got a lot of you got some actually good front office moves from from front offices who aren't usually regarded as great front offices. And other and other teams are in a, a good position to win. And I think this will be a fun series. Although this one might be oddly a, a lesser watch series compared to Milwaukee or Miami or even Brooklyn against Washington. So, and you talked about Brooklyn versus Washington. Who do you think Brooklyn would rather see, Washington or Boston? I think Brooklyn should not be matchup watching. I don't even think they need to scout either of these teams to beat them. I honestly just think, if we, I mean, just look at the roster. I don't think they shouldn't feel phased by any of these teams. They shouldn't feel, I mean, they could be pushed to a few games. That maybe one of these teams could take a game or two off of them. Maybe you have Bradley Beal score 60 points while Russell Westbrook gets a 20-20-20 game and all of a sudden Brooklyn loses a game. But the likelihood of that happening is not... Uh, it, it's not very large. Uh, although I will say, I, I, will give, I will give Washington some credit. I will give Boston some credit. I could see them taking a game off of Brooklyn, but I, I just don't see a way that they could do it in seven games unless you literally have every other game you have alternating... Russ is getting 20-20-20, and Bradley Beal is scoring 60. And frankly, even then, James Harden could score 60 himself and also get a triple-double. This series is just... The one thing that Washington can't run into is a team that is more talented than them, and this is the one team that is easily more talented than them. 
They have three stars who are arguably better than both of Washington's two stars. And the role players, too, it's not very close either. I would take Brooklyn's role play. If you took all the stars out of the series, I would take Brooklyn's role players over Washington's also. Okay, so Brooklyn doesn't care. They're going to move on. So you made one prediction. Uh, let's well, since we said we weren't going to predict. Think, I don't think that's really. I don't think that's really revealing anything. That's yeah. very deep and <laughs> deep and uh, a secret prediction not, at all. Not too not too controversial. All right. Well, since we aren't making predictions, and I almost led you down that path. Let's let's turn to the uh, playoff bracket in the West. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Utah is going to play, according to me, Golden State. Uh, Phoenix is going to play the Lakers. Denver is going to play Portland. And the Clippers are going to play Dallas. Now, you don't follow the NBA as much as I do, so you probably don't know this. But the Clippers and the Thunder had the best game of the year last year, or this year, by being the worst game of the year this year. Both teams were tanking incredibly hard. Uh, the Thunder tanking to get the number one overall pick, and the Clippers tanking to avoid the Lakers' side of the bracket. Uh, it was very interesting. A lot of people talked about it before the game. A lot of people were discussing... Are the Clippers going to manipulate the roster? Are they not going to play certain people? What are they going to do? And do they want the three seed? And in the end, I will say, going back to a prior podcast, I said the Clippers would get the number three seed. Okay, well, to be fair, I'm going to say they did because they would have as long as they could have beaten the Oklahoma City Thunder. And they didn't do that. And I don't think that was uh, accidental that they lost that game. I honestly think you had two teams battling in a battle of who can tank better. Uh, and the Clippers are definitely better at tanking than the Thunder. Obviously. Well, they're not. They don't have as much practice at it. The, yeah, it's the true. Thunder have been doing it all year. Well, they don't have as much practice at it, but it's very, very easy because yes, they, no, they don't have practice at tanking, but the guys who they were playing have no practice in, at playing basketball at all either. That's so uh, it's a little bit different. Uh, I forget exactly who didn't play, but I know for sure that Kawhi did not play, Paul George did not play, Rajon Rondo did not play. Uh, I think the best player the Clippers had on the floor was Serge Ibaka which just goes to show you with the, how deep and how good their roster is. They were not playing their best. And look, they got what they wanted because they were trying to play Dallas. They were not trying to play Portland. They were not trying to play the Lakers. Portland and the Lakers were more likely to end up in the six seed than the five seed. And also when you get into the second round matchup, the three seed would play the winner of the two seven matchup. And if that's the Lakers or Portland, you don't want that happening. And frankly, you could make the argument that you'd rather play Utah than play the Lakers. So the Clippers have definitely gotten themselves the easiest route possible. And I don't commend teams for tanking, but one game tanking to get a better playoff spot, I would argue, is a very good strategical move. And congrats to the Clippers for pulling it off. And it almost got messed up because Dallas lost to Minnesota. And we almost had some crazy scenarios where Portland actually took the five seed. And the Clippers actually got what they didn't want from tanking. <laughs> Well, the Clippers still could end up with not uh, with what they don't want if the Lakers should lose to the uh, Warriors and then end up uh, winning that second play-in game. They would they would play Utah, and the Lakers could take out Utah, and you could have the Clippers against the Lakers in that second round. Uh, I would I would honestly say though I think that I think the Clippers would rather play the winner of Utah versus LA than have to play the winner of Denver versus LA because no matter what, you have two teams you don't want to play and you'd already be playing Portland in the first round most likely. 
Uh, the the Mavericks are are the easiest first round matchup in the West. I think I can safely say that. Well, given the Clippers' history, they should just be happy if they get past the first round. I think so. Beggars can't be choosers. If they were playing that game, they're being a little too cute given their history. <laughs> uh, well, tell me who's your dark horse here. Give me an upset upset team to make the conference finals. And maybe there aren't any, given that you have some high powered teams. And we talked about the pedigree of the Warriors and the Lakers. Uh, in those play-in games, so uh, you know maybe somebody picks one of those guys. Oh, I'm going to take the Lakers as a dark Can horse. Can you call it a dark horse if the defending champion just got the seven seed because they got injured? I don't know. Because if you want to call that a dark horse, I mean that would be going too far off the board. I think there are still many people's championships picks. Um, I think as long as the okay, Lakers besides the, the Lakers, I think. Well, I want to say this really quickly. I think that if the Lakers beat the Warriors, they are winning the title. I just think as long as they have. A, a half a week of rest, I think that's good. I'd actually argue that in some ways, almost like what happened to the Baltimore Ravens were a few years ago where they were just kind of asleep against the Tennessee Titans uh, because of their bye week, I would argue that having a full week off could actually be a disadvantage compared to only a half week off. But playing on thir- on Friday, I think, and then playing on Sunday, that would be a disadvantage. I do agree with that. So I think if the Lakers end up playing in both of those playing bracket games... I don't think they win the title. However, they are my pick as long as they beat the Warriors. You think to make the conference finals or actually to get to the to NBA? Win the title. To win the title. To win the title. All the way. Yes. If they beat the Warriors, the Lakers are winning the NBA title again. Yes. And I don't think that's going very far. I don't think that's a hot day. I wonder what right? those odds in Vegas are right now. That might be an inter- interesting. Probably not. There's a bunch of Lakers homers putting money on there. Well, you know, the Nets, so, are, the Nets are actually significant league favorites currently, though. Interesting. So what what's your most intriguing matchup? What are these? Which first round matchup are you most looking forward to in the West? Whoever the Lakers play out of the play, I think that's got to be the best series because you have the Clippers who intentionally tanked to get to the Mavericks who they beat last year. You have Denver playing Portland who I think that could be an interesting series, but at the same time, I feel like that has probably the highest chance out of any series in the playoffs to completely be a sweep. Um, I think if Denver just play can't guard Dame, which without Jamal Murray, I'm not sure they can. Um, if they can't guard Dame, you, nobody can stop the Blazers. If you cannot stop Damian Lillard, you cannot beat the Blazers. It's as simple as that. So if Denver's not able to guard him effectively, Portland's going to waltz through straight over. They're just going to walk over Denver. If Portland can't guard Nikola Jokic, which I think I have more faith in... Portland guarding Nikola Jokic than I do in Denver guarding uh, Damian Lillard because of Yusuf Nurkic guarding him as opposed to Facundo Campazzo, uh, which obviously, who the heck is Facundo Campazzo? Well, yeah, I think the same thing. Um, But anyway, I I gotta say, I'm really interested in seeing if Phoenix plays the Lakers, what happens there. Um, I'd much rather see Utah play the Lakers because I think those would actually be the two best teams on paper going into the playoffs, uh, excluding the Nets. The two best teams of the Western Conference, I think going to the playoffs on paper, are those two teams, and then the Clippers is a close third. Maybe you could slide the Clippers over the Jazz, but I'm of the belief that the Jazz are better than the Clippers. And when you look at the best rosters, I think that's where you go. And I think also when you have Golden State, look, they can make a series really, really interesting. Yep. Uh, especially when you look at who Utah and Phoenix have, I'd say the worst matchup for the Warriors in the playoffs is Denver. Uh, in the same way, in, in kind of in the opposite way that I said the Grizzlies would have a good time against Denver because they can't guard Steph, uh, the Warriors I don't think can guard a big man. So 
but I don't worry about them not being able to guard Rudy Gobert or DeAndre Ayton, but I do worry about them guarding Nikola Jokic. But frankly, don't think they're going to get to that point. Uh, but I, I, I would say the most intriguing series, if it happens, is Utah against L.A. If it doesn't happen, I would go with Denver against Portland, actually. Okay, well, we will know whether uh, that's a possibility for happening because our next podcast will be on Friday, May 21st, and the first round of both those play-in games will have happened. So we'll know two teams in advance and what the other possibilities are uh, for the second teams to advance out of that double, out of that, uh, let's call it the loser's bracket, uh, next Friday, May 21st. Well, in addition, where in addition to talking about those NBA playoffs, we'll do our weekly look at Major League Baseball and other significant events in the world of sports. In the meantime, be sure to check out Patrick's additional content, including tomorrow's NBA Power Rankings update, his picks for next weekend's games, which again will be on Thursdays, and his Major League Baseball Power Rankings updates, which are posted on Saturdays, all on our website, 4thand24.com. That's the number 4, T-H-A-N-D, the number 24.com. Thank you for listening.